What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, hey, my Eagle enthusiasts, this is Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Elevated events, majors, and more are coming up, and FanDuel is here to help you line up a win during the PGA Tour season. Check out live PGA Tour bets like Longest Drive, Round Leaders, Matchups, Birdie or Better, and more, plus track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official betting operator of the PGA Tour. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Quick disclaimer, you must be 21 years old and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid. Featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh, my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. Hello, friends, and welcome to this golf podcast, unlike any other. Oh, yes, my friends, we have done it. Summer golf is upon us, and this is Fairway Rollin! Golf podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House, my birdie buddies, my eagle enthusiasts, my par-saving pals, joined as I am every week by our incomparable accomplice, our PGA Tour boots on the ground. It is a two-ball as we are just two and a half weeks out from the next major golf tournament. Nathan Hubbard is here. We are throwing a couple pegs in the ground. Let us get this thing going. Nate, dog, how you feeling, buddy? I am feeling like the best way to ensure that after you have choked away a golf tournament on the 18th hole, uh, works out well for you in a playoff is to invite two little kids who are watching you warm up on the range to come over the fence and hit some balls. Great karmic turnaround by Emiliano Grio. Yeah, I have to be honest with you. I've met him, interacted with him a little bit, did some, uh, you know, promotional stuff. We were in the same place at the same time. He was not like the the you know easiest hang. There you go. Um, he had a reputation for being a little indifferent. Now he was very generous with me. I, I just want to make it clear on the record. With his time and his perspective and his playing along, um, he was kind to me, but he acknowledged in his press conference that he's got a different view on life, having had uh, a child. He is a father, mm -hmm. uh, I think, 14 months ago, and there definitely was a grasp of the moment. You know, he was conscious of where he was what was at stake, what his circumstances were. 
And that awareness clearly led him to this great cosmic karmic gesture with the two kids that the PGA Tour ably captured. And it was a very cool, genuine, authentic, you know, spontaneous moment. And the, yeah. he, he presented like he might be a better hang now, Nate Dog. Well, he sure was with those little kids and the golf gods, as usual, were paying attention. They seemed to smile on those decisions. But look, Grillo's been in the conversation a lot lately. We've seen his odds sort of inching up the board over the past couple of months. And it's because the rap on this guy has always been elite ball striker, toilet putter. Yes. A and the first six events of this year, starting in Sony, he lost at least 0.88 strokes putting. And in some cases, over two strokes putting in his first six events of the year through the API. It was classic Grio problems, right? He was awful at the API. He was awful at Amex, where the greens are freaking easy. I mean, there's just no excuse to right. be to lose, you know, a stroke and and two thirds on the greens there. But if you look at his last, really starting at the players, when he had one of his best putting performances, even though he missed the cut, since that time in seven measured rounds. He's gained strokes in six of them. Or seven measured tournaments, he's gained strokes in six of them. And look, he, he almost gained two shots putting at the Charles Schwab. And that, at the end of the day, coupled with his great approach play, is why he won this golf tournament. So the setup on Sunday seemed to be a little bit of like a greenskeeper's revenge kind yeah. of deal, right? It had that, <laughs> that kind of vibe. And speaking of the golf gods, I mean, the scoring, what was the scoring average on Sunday? I think it was it was high, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it played 1.61 strokes over par, which was the hardest of the week by, you know, over a half shot. So, yeah, it, it, they they set it up. And look, the thing is, there were some birdie holes that were out there, but the hard holes played really hard. Three, four, five were brutal. And really, once you got through 12 out there, you were just holding on coming in those last five holes. Yeah, and and, and somebody that didn't hold on, speaking of the golf gods and maybe being on the wrong side of them, Harris English went out and shot a, a six over 76, where if he'd shot even par, he would have won the golf tournament. Uh, there was a rules controversy small c controversy not a controversy because the officials on the ground gave him um carte blanche to not you know uh assess deal with a penalty that should have been that he should have taken for putting his putter behind the ball and the ball moving um that is still a penalty i think according to the rules um he alleged that the ball was moving and then he put his putter behind the ball and it was still moving and then he picked his his putter up and then it was still moving and that's fine um the golf gods had their way uh but this excellent Perry Maxwell design is about to undergo a Gil Hance uh led renovation restoration and um, I'm kind of excited to see because it is venerated, properly venerated, this this design, this tournament. We had a lot of great names. Like, look at look at what we had in the top 10. We had a, it was a real mix. Scotty did what Scotty does. He went out and shot a Sunday 67 and finished one shot out of uh, the playoff. Our boy, Ricky Fowler. Keeps on keeping on yeah. Sunday 67. We're going to talk a little more about Ricky Fowler, I think. Okay, yep. okay. Sam Burns, the defending champion, showed up and showed out with a final round 68. And then we have we had the, really the nice round of the week, Nate Dog. I mean, there's a guy out there that shot 69, 69, 69, 69. That's just a nice tournament, buddy. It was nice. It was nice. It was nice. It Mark was nice. Hubbard. That was nice. Good job by, by Mark Hubbard. Uh, Justin Rose was around the hoop as, as you would kind of expect. He has a great track record. Max um, T9. At this yeah. place. You were disappointed a little bit in Victor. You thought that Victor kind of could have brought it home and, and, uh, showed himself a little something. Yeah. at 73 on Sunday has me wondering about this week. I think the PGA took something out of him as you would expect. Certainly took something out of Michael block. 
And uh, by the time we we rolled around on Sunday, I just think Victor was a little gassed. So as we head into a course in which he hasn't performed particularly well at the Memorial, it's something to take a look at. But yeah, there were a lot of guys battling it out over the, uh, you know, over the weekend. The thing that, you know, the thing I take away from this tournament, first of all, there's a lot of split opinion on the redesign that's coming up. Oh, I mean, there, there's okay. some guys who who are very, very worried and they're confused about why they're going to all this trouble given that the course held up pretty well. I mean, it shouldn't have been an eight under finish. It probably should have been more like a 10, 11 or 12 under finish. We okay. had some guys at the top who got, uh, let's just say shaky. Harry Hall got a little shaky. Adam uh, Shaky. He Little had shaky. bad luck. He had bad luck. That's that's karma for a PGA Tour rookie to hit the, his tee ball on 18, which was not an enormous miss. Maybe there yep. was a little adrenaline, but you know, for that thing to find the water, I um, agree felt, on 18. Felt a little cruel. Felt a little cruel. Agree on 18. I think for the for the round though, the putting was a little bit suspicious. I mean, he was he he struggled won some shorties that I think under different circumstances he would have made. But that's as he said, uh, you know, the learning experience. I mean, he lost over a shot on approach. He lost almost a shot putting. So he he didn't have the Sunday that you'd otherwise like. And to be expected, he's he's getting his his reps in. But this. There's a lot of people worried they're going to mess up this course, just to put it directly. And and it, it was it was an undertone of the broadcast. A lot of the guys were saying, "I'm not exactly sure why we're doing this. Why are we?" It, it came through the ESPN Plus uh, PGA Tour live broadcast. There were subtle notes of it in the CBS telecast. All those guys love coming to Colonial. They like Dallas. You can hear it in Nance's voice. This is one of his favorite places to travel to. They're just a little bit concerned about whether the course is going to get loose and, and drive away some of the some of the prestige that surrounds the course in the event. I'm so, I'm kind of surprised, and I'll do a little bit deeper dive here to see, because now you've, you've piqued my curiosity. Uh, I believe it's the case that Gil Hans's restoration of Perry Maxwell's Southern Hills design was like wildly uh, you know, approved and met with 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 great you know joy. So I it feels like it's a, tr- a trusted hands thing. Is there concern that the involvement of the tour and and their um, architectural whatever you know element of 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 the tour you know handles input? provides input on architect uh, concepts. Is that the issue? Is that where, where the concern is coming in? I think it's some in? of the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. it it's okay. some, of, some of that feeling. I, I will say, this is one of those courses, this is not quite like Harbortown. Harbortown sometimes gets compared to this course because as it's a second shot golf course, you can't just bomb it and go. Uh, this course does have some angles that can be cut off, though. It, it's it, Harbortown is a, a better representation of the kind of golf course that this one, you know, supposes itself to be. So I do think okay. when they when they make some of the changes, that they'll they'll do it in a way that stays true to the point of the course, which is that you can't come in and just hit it three eighty five and you know, clear all of the hazards and get over angles and, and just have a completely different round of 18 than a guy who is not gaining strokes off the tee. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I guess we'll wait and see. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they, they had the bulldozers out yesterday. Um, after the round finished Sunday, they, they, they thankfully were not out there with the bulldozers, you know, the way that, that Jack had it at right. the memorial. coming up the memorial, but you know, <laughs> I mean, the, the guy who had a bulldozer out, and who probably was cheering it on was Texas native Scotty Scheffler. And I, I think actually coming out of the tournament, that's the most interesting narrative that we have is Scotty Scheffler at the moment. He has just put on a wild display of tee to green ball striking. And since November 1st, he's made 15 starts. He's finished no worse than T12. He's got two wins, two seconds, two thirds, two fourths, and a fifth in that time. And the narrative is now becoming, why is he not winning? It, he won the players, he won Phoenix, but why is he not winning? And, and it's because of the putter, sure. I have been guilty on this program of talking about his short puttering and, and the putter being a problem. 
But, you know, I don't know how. What did you see this weekend? Does it make you think? Did you hear his post-round comments with Amanda when she interviewed him? It didn't feel like he's panicking about this, did it? No, and and why would he? I, I think he's fine. Like, I, I think him collecting top five after top five after top five, I think he, he would prefer to win. But, like, there's a reason <laughs> yes. that he, he and John Rahm are, are both uh, plus 850 right now on FanDuel to win the U.S. Open. Brooks Koepka yeah. sitting there at plus 950. Rory at 11 to 1. No, thank you. Uh, Xander, 15 to 1. Stay and then away. On, on from there. But Scheffler is in an incandescent place right now yeah. in terms of, of the ball striking. He yeah. is in a nearly unparalleled place. There's only one guy that really is in the same neighborhood, and and I it's Victor Hovland, which is why we will talk about Victor Hovland in the context of the memorial. But um, you know the 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 finicky. Putter thing is a matter of, I think, like just a little bit of streakiness, right? Like, yes, for yes. sure, for sure. Like missing shorties is is bad, but when, when, once it flips, it flips. Like you just need to see it one day. You need to see the lines one day. One goes in, and then they all go in, and that's why you know going ahead and putting Scotty Scheffler into the dance card week in and week out makes the most sense. The ball striking is there, and that is always the most important um, attribute, right? Yeah, I think this is not a moment for panic. I, I get afraid about his short putting coming down the stretch in the clutch, but when we say the putter's a problem, like of those 15 events we talked about, 13 of them were measured. He gained strokes putting in six of those, and he only lost meaningful strokes in three. It was Houston back in the fall. It was the Masters where he really could have won that event. I know. He was dead and, last in putting. Yeah, and it was this past week where he lost over a stroke. So it, it, it's been three of those tournaments. Now, in the others you know, where he's ostensibly losing strokes, it's very... He, he's been just average. And I think the reason that we... Uh, sound the alarm is that when a guy is striking the ball like this and he's around the hoop as much as he is, you actually think he ought to win. It's actually hard to not win based on a number of of stats that we've seen from the likes of Jay Ray and the like. This is not a Spieth or even a Justin Thomas issue that we've seen over the past couple of years in terms of the putting that needs it. You know, he got in there with Amanda and said, it just made you feel like it was solvable. He just said, yeah, the hole looks small right now, but you know, I'm feeling the strike with my hands, which seems to reinforce that it's just a feel thing and that he's hitting putts the way he wants and that this this too shall pass. I mean, it's definitely my view, and I feel like you have to have some exposure to him for the U.S. Open. We are now, as we sit here, uh, about 16 days out, 15 days out from the first round of the U.S. Open in your backyard at L.A. Country Club. Let's do a slightly too early. Let's just have a little comparison of notes on guys you're liking, things that you're anticipating weather-wise, because I keep hearing that the golf course might be softer than they prefer. Let's just do a little bit of a taste of, of, of the lay of the land in Los Angeles at the moment and set the stage a bit here, Nate Dog. Well, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on some of the guys as we as we come into it. But I think the first conversation is the weather here in Los Angeles has been shite. It has been shite all year. LA has had more rain this winter than Seattle. Our but that's, a, that's is, a good thing. Well, LA needs water. That it, well, if we had a way to capture it, it just sort of runs out of the hills into the ocean. We haven't figured out how to actually capture the rain. Yes, it will it, it will prevent the fires from exploding over the summer during the US. But for what the USGA is trying to do to the course, when you couple that with May cloud cover is almost 80%, which again is way more than last year and by far beat Seattle. So LA has been Seattle for, and I'm not just talking about the month of May. The first part of this year has the, the entire 2023 has been a wet, damp, cloudy. I'm looking outside right now. It is cloudy. We have all the May gray here that moves to the June gloom. I don't even know if those are real things, but they are real in Los Angeles right now. So the course has not yet been able to be baked out. I drove by it the other day, all the tents, everything is up, but there's a lot more moisture in the ground than they probably would have liked at this point. Now, 
we still got 15 days. They can still dry it out. But it does make a little bit of a difference when you think about the shape that the course is going to be in. Speaking of the shape of the course, there are two guys who have been sort of at the forefront of the conversation outside of the Scheffler and Rom piece. Yeah, and, yeah, a, yeah. And yeah. at the top is Max, right? Because th- they're really two hometown guys when we talk about this course. One of them is getting a lot of noise, and that's that's Max Homa. How, how do you feel in this moment? We had a T9 from Max. He's going to miss this upcoming week at Memorial to go to his sister's wedding, so he, he will use his get-out-of-jail-free card on the elevated events uh, this week, which means, you know, I assume he's he's not going to play Toronto, which means he's going to come into the U.S. Open. Uh, this is one where at the start of the year after the win, uh, the, the most recent win, you would have said, I'm all in on Max Homa to win the U.S. Open. Then you saw his performance at the Masters. You saw his performance at the PGA. How do you feel now? Well, everybody said that and and has been saying. I mean, we had Shane Bacon on just a couple of weeks ago. Everybody loves the story of Max at LACC. Holds the course record. Um, channels all the great LA vibes. Was it four of his six wins have been uh, in California? Yes, um, Riviera, uh, Farmers Insurance at Torrey, and and two in Napa. Right. So, um, all all plenty of reason to be bullish on, you know, his chances and and where he's at. I uh, am skeptical and he's a friend of the program. Yes. And all we all we do is root for him and think well and think the best things. Um, This is not the major that I think that he's going to have his his breakthrough performance. We're still looking for a, a breakthrough performance. At a major, I mean, yeah. the Masters was which was supposed to be it. T forty three, the PGA Championship, where his ball striking and his length and and he and he talked about feeling very comfortable. Uh, we're supposed to be in alignment. T fifty five. So, the one where all the pressure is now, you yeah. know, he's answering questions. He did a interview with our beloved homeboy Jeff Shackelford, and one of the questions was, you know how are you dealing with all of the surrounding noise? And he's like, I'm going to shut it out. Yeah. But it's not, you can't just shut it out. It's not like the the easiest thing. I think he's still getting major reps. Um, So this is not the breakthrough moment from my own humble perspective, Nate. I want to see the odds when we come in. It's going to be interesting whether he gets bet up or bet down based on where he is right now. He did speak in that interview about his over-preparation for majors. And you and I watched it happen at the Masters. We watched him over-preparing on Wednesday. Yes. Uh, Both both in terms of his physical, he was hitting a lot of balls second and third out of the fairway and rough, but he he just, he he was over-analyzing the course. This is one where he literally holds the course record of a 61 and uh, and doesn't, it sounds like he understands, I'm good for him for trying to make a change. Yeah, yes. But I think he's not going to overthink this one. I think he's going to go out there and just play golf, uh, in part because, as he talks about in that interview, you know, he he actually he, he's saying it without saying it, which is that he thinks LACC is an easier course than Riviera. And, I and think he said it. Yeah, he said it. He said it, and he said it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you I go. Think. No, there you go. So Max is the first one, but the one who's hidden is Patrick Cantlay. Yeah. And, <laughs> and and I know this is a hard one for you, but I mean, Cantlay, you know, Cantlay. I mean, we'll talk about him this week. Uh, but Cantlay has sixty two at LACC, and LACC is in the backyard of where he went to college at UCLA, and he's got Tiger Woods's caddy on the bag. So, there we go. Now we're talking. Uh, there, there's a there's a bit of, and I know you have not always been a believer in Cantlay, but I, I think there's maybe a little something that's changed the way that you look at at what he's capable of doing in the last moment, month or two. Is there not? There is, and I honestly was glass half full on his performance at the PGA Championship. I mean, I really think that that. And, and look, I'm, we're, we're filling in narrative here a little bit because we're not sitting in a room with Patrick and Joe LaCava and hearing their conversation and, and, and you know, 
uh, having access to whether Joe's having a, a, a tethering kind of uh, stabilizing effect. Yeah. But my dumb eyes are, are, are giving me that impression. I mean, mm. you know, it, lo- it looks to me like uh, th- there there is a kind of, um, I, I don't know, concentration, small C concentration. I'm not sure the right, the best way to put it, focus. Um, and we are on this program, or at least I, I'm, I'll speak for myself, so biased towards the experienced caddies yeah. paired up with guys who haven't got across the goal line. It is one of my absolute number one. I need to see. I want to see these Ted great Scott players. and Scotty, for example. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly right. Um, I just want to see it. You know, with 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 the, the the guys who who've been around the block and can you know play a genuine teammate kind of role, and I think that that's possible with with Cantlay. So eighteen to one for this U.S. Open is getting an early look from from the House Bank account. What do you feel about Brooks at the moment? Because he's suddenly catapulted up the boards. Sounds like he's third favorite. Uh, how do you set set you know the the how do you set the stage for him? It was interesting. He played the live event this week after just doing a gnarly tour of South Florida sporting events <laughs> and celebrating and having a great time. He showed up and promptly cracked the face of his driver in his first <laughs> round about six holes in. And you think, yeah, okay, he was on the ra- He didn't play much that week. So, you know, if, if, if you dial that back f- seven days worth of golf, it's possible he's on 12 on Sunday at Oak Hill and it changes the entire complexion of the tournament if he cracks a driver enough to have him miss fairways but not badly enough for him to be able to replace it which is what happened in this live event yes <laughs> very fortunate roll of the dice and sure it was 100 200 swings of the driver uh you know in between them but that's that's a drop in the ocean that's nothing in golf swings so <laughs> it's just crazy how golf can uh can can have that, but I think you and I probably step back and still think this guy, even after his South Florida sports bender, is going to be awfully dangerous. He has two full weeks to recover, and he he basically took this week off. I think he shot five under at the Trump venue here in the D.C. area. I mean, it's not really in D.C. It's about an, an hour away traffic-wise because everything in D.C., if it's not right in D.C., is an hour away traffic-wise, but... Uh, I, I think that that um, he showed up, did his his you know bare minimum, and is going home and going to bed for a few days. Sure, and then you know he'll start his serious work uh, out at LACC. He doesn't have an exemplary track record in California, which may be just a matter of happenstance. Um, hmm. You know, he 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 was in the hunt at the um, U.S. Open. At Tory, obviously, but you know he 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 doesn't have like an illustrious set of of accomplishments in California. I don't know how to factor that in one way or the other because he's a different dude with a different attitude, a different outlook right now. Um, and so there's no reason to 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 fade him. Certainly, um, the only thing you would say in terms of the likelihood of him winning is how hard it is to win consecutive majors in a row. But, yeah. you know, uh, second and first in the first two majors of the year, that's pretty goddamn good, Nate Dog. It is. It's just going to be so hard to evaluate where he is coming in, having, you know, played this tournament that HV3 won last week, and then we won't see him again. It's just difficult to be able to tell. Uh, you know, whether he's going to be able to gas it back up. But what we know is that for this guy, there's four four weeks a year that matter to him and uh, and he's going to come in pretty hot. Yeah, we're, we'll be on the grounds. We'll be able to observe him. I mean, the, the funny thing is we've ended each of our Wednesday previews before the guys go out on Thursday morning with Brooks Kepka observations and, you know, increasingly bullish. Like, you know, we, we saw him, we got the feedback about where he was at, where his head was at, where his um, body seemed to be at. And, and we, we, we loved Kepka going into the PGA. So we'll, we'll do the same diligence coming into the U S open. And there's no reason, again, there's, there's, you know, two and a half weeks between now and 
the kickoff of that tournament for him to to not you know he can just get himself 100% right um and maybe he'll come out and kick ass once again i find it so weird to be going through all of these pre previews and not talking about jordan spieth or justin thomas i mean spieth missed the cut last week I'm not exactly sure why he's played the last two weeks instead of instead of resting up. I mean, I know why he played the PGA. He he, even though his team was trying to talk him out of it, when you're going for the Grand Slam, you know that you only get so many chances. So I guess he felt like he could push through and do it. Uh, but man, it's weird to see these guys not necessarily uh, in the hunt, at least not not in the top five on the odds board. Well, we have. Um an inner circle guy. We thought we might have him on this week's show. We're hopeful that we'll get him on next week's show. Let's just ask him. We'll ask one of one of their buddies, one of their guys, one of their spring break bros. Good point. Uh, you know, and we'll just see if, if what the insight is. I do with Jordan for sure believe that this year's schedule has had um a, it's been grueling. Yes. For him. I don't know if JT JT hasn't talked about it in, in that same way. Yeah. Um, but JT also has not been around the leaderboard the way that Jordan has in, in the events that, you know, in, in really any events in this calendar year thus far, right? Yep. Fair enough. All right, my birdie buddies, step up to the T and take a swing at betting the PGA tour on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. We are at the Memorial, the course that Jack built in Ohio, Muirfield Village. My birdie buddies, use your no-sweat bet on players like Scotty Scheffler, on players like Patrick Cantlay, on players like Victor Hovland to win outright, finish in the top 20, win a head-to-head matchup, and more during the memorial. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options and props, including finishing positions. We gave out a wonderful three-way parlay, a top 10, a top 20, and a top 30 right here on Fairway Rolling this week. Hole-in-one props, matchups, obviously so much more. And when you win, you get paid instantly. So aim for some green this spring and bet on the PGA Tour. Go to FanDuel.com slash Rollin and sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash R-O-L-L-I-N to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Quick disclaimer, you must be 21 years old or older in select states First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here. In Massachusetts, gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. In New York, you can call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Again, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, or Virginia. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342. In Connecticut, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org/chat. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Kansas, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Louisiana, 1-877-770-STOP. In Maryland, visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, You should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 
37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Um, we have, speaking of events, another designated, elevated $20 million purse event staring us in the face. We are going to the place that Jack built, Muirfield Village, named as such because Muirfield is his favorite course in Scotland. It's very weird to me. Why would you? It's fine. I'll leave it alone. <laughs> ja- Jackson, Jackson, old guy now. So weird. He is. Take a piece of property in Ohio and call it Muirfield. It's fine. Do your thing, Jack. This course has been renovated. We talked about the bulldozers that were out there. That was, it was in 2020, right? Yes. Chasing the guys around the golf course each as each hole got uh, completed. The bulldozers came and <laughs> corrected. No, that's not really what happened. It is a par 72. Um, nearly 7,600 yard uh, venue. Its reputation is for long rough, long and challenging rough, lightning fast, bent greens, bent grass greens, and bunkers that are super hard. Like I think some of the stats, the advanced stats, the scrambling numbers at this place are terrible Mm. because guys just have a really hard time um, saving par um, from you know the the if if you're out of position at all um and there are a handful of of guys that that this place certainly suits um Patrick Cantlay uh being one of them i think he has four top 5s in his last six outings um uh John Rahm who was poised to absolutely dominate the joint until he got a positive covid test which led to Patrick Cantlay winning. Yes. Um, and then, you know, some other guys sort of further down the card, Colin Morikawa um, won the workday event at this, at this venue. The, you know, there was, this was part of the COVID era where they had back-to-back tournaments in the same uh, venue. Uh, Colin won one of them, so certainly suits him and has a reputation, as you would expect, with Jack Nicklaus, second shot golf course. The corollaries there. Some folks have drawn a comparison to Jack's place down um, at PGA National, uh, and you know there. I've seen some um, linkage between this venue and the place where they do the BMW in Wentworth in England. Maybe just in terms of the the, the kinds of guys that play well, yeah. Um, there are also do well here. Uh, name Speaking some of names Thomas. That, well, speaking of yeah. Thomas, he he and Morikawa were in that, uh, I think that playoff in in yeah. the workday back in 2020. But that was a very very different course even than the one they got the next week. And I think this course is is different than it was in 2020. Not just because of the, uh, not just because of the redesign, but th- look, this has always been 
since 2010. This was a Jay Ray stat from earlier today. Winners have gained 41.5% of their strokes from approach versus the tour average of 34.1%. And so this is really a second shot golf course. Yes, the rough is penalizing, but you know what we've heard from the ground this week is that it's long off the fairways, but it's patchy around the greens this week. So you can actually get lucky and find a lie. Okay. Which may, um, given the bunkers that you spoke about, influence the way guys think attacking about attacking because the bunkers in some cases could be harder than some of the lies around the greens. But the greens this week are incredibly firm for a Tuesday and the weather says that it's not going to help them get much softer at all. So I, I think I think we're going to have yeah lightning fast greens this this week. They added yards to 15, 16, and 17, and they did not need to do that for 16 and 17. So it, we're going to have a really, really tough closing stretch that where guys, not unlike this past week, could be backing up instead of moving forward. So do you have any names? So Tony Finau not playing this week. Max Homa going to his sister's wedding. Justin Rose getting a much-needed rest. Otherwise, it's all the top dogs out to yeah. go chase down these gigantic paychecks at these designated events. Um, obviously, can't lay. You can't fade can't lay you just at, can't. at this place, right? You just can't. Uh, wins in 2019 and asterisks in 2021 uh, because that was really Roms to win. T3 and a solo fourth. He, he's the all-time winning money guy here next to Tiger, and now he's got Tiger's caddy on the bag. So you got to look at Cantlay. I, I do think this is going to be our first real, hey, who, who's got a chance at the U.S. Open moment? Because it's another one of the big tournaments, but we've finally got Rom and Scotty uh, and Rory in this thing. I, I, I look a little bit further down the leaderboard, though, because I don't love yes, some of the yes, odds. Yes, and, let's and, do it. Down the odds boards. I, both Sam Burns and Ricky Fowler finished T6 last week. Ricky's finished second twice at Memorial. He has gained over a stroke on approach in 50% of his starts since he was cut in Las Vegas, starting with the Zozo. He is absolutely striping the ball right now. He's gaining strokes putting in 75% of his starts this year. He had a very big run on Sunday to move up to 46th in the world golf rankings. That had him qualify for the open. So these things awesome. are in his mind. There was some pressure there because this was the cutoff this week and he did it. I just think there's a really great case for Fowler. I liked what I saw from Burns. If you're going to pick between the two, it just feels like Ricky is back and we've been underappreciating his performance because he hasn't been right there in the back nine on Sunday, but it feels like he is ready to do it in all aspects of the game. Yeah. Um, I love it so much, and it fits the profile of elite ball strikers. He's he's really approaching that that category once again. You know, kudos to to Butch Harmon, right? Helping helping Rory find his way. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if I can put him on my U.S. Open card, but for this card, yes. No, but do. that's why I think this is one to burn. This is where you yeah. might burn Ricky this week. I like it a lot. Um, a lot of folks, uh, a lot of our beloved uh, prognosticators out there have Victor Hovland. Um, and the reason that that Vic shows up, you know, so well on um, any of the advanced analytics where you go past 24 rounds, past 36 rounds, past 48 rounds, whatever, is because his ball striking has just been outrageous. He's fourth in strokes gained approach. He's third in strokes gained ball striking. His third place finish at the Masters followed up with his seventh place finish at i mean a third place at the players seventh mm -hmm. at the masters tied for second at the pga um i'm a i'm a tiny bit surprised that he played the colonial to be honest with you I, I am too um but he's a kid he's 25 so i'm not that worried about like the fatigue thing with him but he i think does... we're gonna learn that this week don't you well, well, let's see it right I, i'm scared i'm scared because i didn't like what i saw on sunday i i feel like mentally it had been taxing and to get back in the mix but to 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 it wasn't just that he was back in the mix it was that to win this golf tournament he was going to have to have a lights out sunday but it was within range and the fact that he didn't grab it was to me a little bit of a sign of mental fatigue if not physical i i don't know it's impossible to say maybe he went out in dallas and um had some fantastic barbecue and woke up sunday like ah let's just let's get through this they 
they put these pins in these places. Let me just get out of here. Um, I, I, I will say, uh, he doesn't have like a super distinguished track record at this tournament, but he did finish tied for third in the workday event that Morikawa and, um, JT had their hand to hand combat at. So it's not like he's completely freaked out by, by the venue. Um, and I understand the rationale for the folks that put them, put them on their card. I, I like, you know, the, I like the Tyrrell Hatton. I like the Shane Lowry. I'm in, I'm in that vibe. Tyrrell okay. Hatton top, top 20 in seven of his past 10 starts, second at the players, fourth at API, third at, at, at Quail Hollow, just a steady beat, a steady consistency. His ball striking numbers are, are, are great. Shane Lowry, whose putter, you know, is always the thing that that lets us down. Tenth in ball striking over the past twenty four rounds, he gained five and a half strokes on approach at the PGA Championship. So yeah, he was pretty yeah. something else there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, th- those are two names for sure um, that I like. Let's go a little further down the card. Name some other names that you, you're eyeballing. Well, I'm looking at Sahith Tagala, T5 Ooh. here last year. He's made 17 straight cuts. More importantly, there was a three-point shooting contest today. Oh, uh, at, at at some Ohio University campus that Harris English organized, and it was Danny McCarthy, it was Russell Henley, it was Sahith, it was uh, it was Harris English, it was Trey Mullinax. And it this was sounds, Mark, Mark Hubbard. This was a setup. Fucking Harris English is out there taking money out of other people's pockets. Well, that's what you would have thought. The word on the street is Harris underperformed. Okay. Russell Henley shot very well. Oh, okay. Scythe was exactly like his golf game. Totally unexpected and not the prettiest thing, but totally got it done. <laughs> okay. Mark Hubbard and, and, you know, all-time three-point percentage leader in the de- city of Denver, uh, shot very well early, but true to Mark Hubbard form, burned out, shot way too much in warm-up, <laughs> just was gassed by the end of it. So he <laughs> shot well early, but was okay. Trey shouldn't have been allowed in the gym. <laughs> Denny McCarthy is by a mile and a half the best three-point shooter amongst that crew. He smoked everybody. So, so multi-sport athlete. Yeah, yeah. And and hands of a of one of the best putters in the sport. And DMV, you know, uh origins, UVA guy. We're going to get it. him on, on the pod. I mean, I I you know, bump into him on, on occasion here in in the DMV. Uh nicest guy ever. So, how about that? Okay, well that might be a reason to sneak uh Denny onto your card for Maybe Denny too. Top yep. 20? Why would uh, Yeah, you? he's plus 250 for a top 20. He just missed the cut last week, but I just, I feel like, I feel like things are moving. Look, there's a few others further down the card. Alex Noren is plus 500-ish for a top 20. He was T13 here in 21. If you looked at some, some of the uh, guys last week, uh, David Lipsky, he was T16 last week, had a tough Sunday, but that's maybe one where you could find some interesting odds for a top 20. Justin Sa had a tough, Tough Sunday, but he was very much in the mix. T sixteen yeah, finished, but could have done. Keep riding, everybody out there. Keep your eye on Justin Saw. Yeah, um, he he's got some breakthrough potential. Get get your cash right now on the top twenty finishes for him. I'm not saying blindly bet it, but he's got so much game. Um, yeah. you're always going to get plus odds for him where he sits right now. So go grab those plus odds for the top twenty finishes. More likely than not, that will put a little green. In your pocket. I'm so happy to hear you mention Russell Henley, Nate Dog, because he has has uh, shown up on my ticket as somebody as, as as a gentleman of interest. He is having quietly an extraordinary year. He is right now at his very best um, ranking in terms of the official world golf ranking. He's 27th. It's the best in his career. Hmm. He has gained strokes ball striking in four of his past five tournaments. Tied for fourth at the Masters. Extremely quiet. Tied for fourth at the Masters. Very quiet. He has two top tens here at, at Muirfield. A little Russell Henley will not steer you wrong. And then it's boomer bust time. Our beloved, I won't try and channel Pat Mayo for, for this Siwoo Kim thing, but he loves him some Siwoo. 
Uh, I'm playing Siwoo this week. In fact, Siwoo is showing up in a fairway rolling parlay of Ooh, the week. Talk to us. Siwoo, last three, 13th, 9th, and 18th. That's three straight inside the top 20 at Mirafield. I like very much the way that he closed at the Byron Nelson. He putted very well on fast, bent grass greens. Uh, so Siwoo, for sure. I think like, the, 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 the parlay that I'm, I'm, I'm referencing, Nate Dog, we're trying to build something that, that has a little chalk to it, but okay. also some, some logic. It's a chalky logic. Vibe. We're going to play Scotty Scheffler because you're a dodo if you don't play Scotty Scheffler. It's just a top 10. He's minus 135. Great. We're going to play Siwoo to top 20. That's plus odds, plus 190. But we like the, the, the boomer bust vibe of it. You understand what you're getting with a three-way parlay. It's boomer bust. And then Terrell Hatton, the hot man himself, top 30. Is that too much to ask? Minus 140. That three-leg parlay pays out plus 765. It's a nice weekend to try and build up the bankroll as we are only two weeks out here from the U.S. Open. So a little fairway roll in love. If you want to play those guys individually in those spots, by all means, please do, because winning golf parlays is super hard. But, you know, I, I feel pretty comfortable with that one. Do you want to talk me out of any of those legs, Nate Dog? No, I don't. I think this is exactly what you should be doing. Well done. The only Listen, the only person I'm afraid of in that group is Scotty, because I just don't understand how he can keep this up. At some point, <laughs> I feel like he's got to get tired and bail out. But uh, this is, I guess this is the last tune-up for him before the U.S. Open. I don't know who's going to show up in Canada, by the way. It, it, it's going to be potentially slim pickings in Canada. But Oh, poor Pat Mayo. He's going to be so upset. Um, Nate Dog, we're back next week. We, yes, we it are. will be our like U.S. Open storyline. I think we're going to have a guest. We're going to work really hard at having a guest. Maybe somebody with some insider perspective on some of these names that we're mentioning. So that's next week. And then Nate dog, I'm coming your way, buddy. We're only covering this U S open in Los Angeles. One way can ringer, ringer style. We're going to eat everything that there is to eat in all of Los Angeles. Yes. We're going to we go over to LACC and try not to get kicked out. You know how to handle your business. The USGA are friends of the, of the pod. So I don't, I don't think that uh, they'll be the ones that kick us out, but no, we're going to be fine. We're going to have a great week. We may have a few special guests duck in uh, and we're going to get, look, this is going to be a very, very big tournament at a very, very unique and different course. Can't wait to dive into it with you. All right, my birdie buddies, my Eagle enthusiasts, my par saving pals. There you have it. The Memorial tournament at the house that, that Jack built. We're back about the same time, about the same place next week. My birdie buddies, if you're able to get a peg in the ground, please let's hit them straight out there. <laughs>